Today on the show, we'll look at Elon Musk, who just released the Twitter files, the information of how Twitter dealt with the Hunter Biden story all the way back in 2020 and why it was suppressed. We'll ask the question, should the 2020 election be overturned, as Donald Trump suggests, or should we be reveling in the fact that the leftist media is beside themselves because they are not allowed to censor people like they used to in the past? Then we'll look at Hillary Clinton and some recent comments she made about abortion. And as a result, we'll tell you what she's getting for Christmas. Just FYI, it's coal. And then finally, we'll look at the Balenciaga story one last time to revisit some things that perhaps we missed in the past, but also to ask the question, is the response to the Balenciaga story justified? Should we just throw out all of our Balenciaga stuff as some people are doing on social media or are we required to do something more? We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Anchor. That's A-N-C-U-R dot B-I-Z. And I know what you're thinking. When you first start a business, you don't have a lot of capital to spend on things that you think you might be able to do for yourself. But if you want to have a healthy business, you don't need to take on tasks that you can lease out to the experts. And I'm talking about things like bookkeeping, payroll solution, taxes, and, and accounting, and so much more. All of those small tasks take away from your ability to focus on your bottom line. So if you really want to take your business to the next level, you need to call in the experts and get help with all those things. And in fact, Anchor can help you with that and more. They can help you with business strategy and small business solutions that will help you go to the next level. But to see, you need to go to ancur.biz. And when you go over there, let them know that Indie Thinker sent you. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Unfortunately, hypocrisy is a reality of life. We all suffer from it one way or the other. There are those who do not recognize their hypocrisy and walk through life blindly, but then there are those who clearly see it on the surface and do nothing about it. The vast majority of us are blind to our own hypocrisy, and therefore the only cure for it is a sense of humility. Otherwise, without that prerequisite humility, what we end up doing is we blindly go through life thinking that we are doing good but actually doing evil. What comes to mind is a documentary about the Weather Underground, a group of leftist radicals that were was essentially a student movement that wanted to totally take control of the U.S. government and supplant it and put something else in its place. They were vehemently against the Vietnam War and also against racism in America. So, of course, these white young liberals came to the rescue and decided to start blowing things up. Now, I know what you're thinking. Does it make any sense to be against the Vietnam War because of how many innocent people are dying and to show that you're against that by blowing up innocent people and buildings? Well, to answer that question, you would have to have, like I said, the prerequisite humility to recognize that you are a hypocritical fool. But the SDS, the Students for Democratic Society, and the Weather Underground failed to ever access access a mirror in the in their whole lives because throughout the documentary these people who are now adults people like Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dern and others like her failed to recognize the extreme hypocrisy 
in that they wanted to stop violence, and so they resorted to violence. These crazy radicals never seemed to actually see the extreme hypocrisy with which they were operating in. This is the problem with getting rid of the autocorrective mechanism of God in each and every one of our lives. And the more we step away from things like religion and God himself, the more we will see hypocrisy on display. And that's exactly what we see in our stories today. So let's jump into them. So just recently, my wife and I took our kids on a small kind of weekend getaway for, for Christmas, and I've had to learn something, uh, that, a good lesson that my wife has taught me, uh, speaking of autocorrective mechanisms. And uh, one of the things that she's taught me is patience with pictures. Now, in the time, very often I don't appreciate the pictures that we're taking, but when I get the chance from a time hop or uh, somehow these pictures come back to remind me whether it be social media or on my phone. Uh, I look back on these pictures and I'm so thankful I have my wife there to kind of record our family's history as we're going through it. And it's definitely heartwarming to be able to see my kids as they grow and the different things that, that we've done and been a part of. So I guess I'm saying all of that to say, um, yes, I am pandering to my wife on today's show, and so hopefully she is watching and or listening because these are brownie points that I really don't want to have to earn any other way than how I just did it. Um, that to the side, uh, I want to talk about Elon and uh, Twitter today because just the other day, uh, I believe it was on Friday, it's either Friday or Saturday, Elon released some files to Matt Taibbi, who was a kind of independent journalist, and uh, these files were in reference to how Twitter handled the Hunter Biden story and what was taking place behind the scenes, not only with the uh, the Biden campaign, but also with the FBI. Now, I'm, I'm not going to throw up a story per se because there's so many out there. You guys can go source those on your own. Essentially, I'm going to give you a synthesis of what we learned as a result of this kind of file dump into Taibbi um, from Elon Musk and and uh, what he revealed to the world. So there's a couple of things. First of all, we saw once again that the DNC is an absolutely corrupt and evil organization. I'm thinking about all the way back to when the DNC colluded together with the Hillary Clinton campaign to make sure that Bernie Sanders didn't get the nomination. I mean, we forget about these things so quickly because the media is essentially run by the Democrats that, uh, that we don't have these things stick around in our minds. So this is another opportunity for my wife to come in and remind us of what took place in the past. So um, so hopefully you have a person like that in your life. But suffice to say, we need to remember what happened in the past and not move so quickly away from it because we would be reminded yet again today that the DNC is an evil, corrupt organization that doesn't deserve anybody's trust uh, because they were responsible for colluding with social media along with the Biden campaign. Uh, to make sure that they hushed those stories. So this looked like, um, hey, we have another round of um, of photos that we think you should notice. And then Twitter literally, people over at Twitter would literally respond to those messages from the DNC and from the Biden campaign with handled. So apparently the handlers for the Biden campaign and for the Democratic National Convention is Twitter, or at least used to be, thank God. Elon Musk is now at the helm. Uh, so suffice to say, uh, the DNC and the Biden campaign tried to collude with social media to hush as much as they can of, of this story. Now, this is especially important because what we see here is that neither one of these organizations necessarily have a, um, a political 
like federal office, right? The DNC is just a, a, a group of people trying to get Democrats elected, and the Biden campaign uh, obviously was just trying to get Biden elected, but these are not necessarily people acting in a federal capacity, so they say. But of course, what we know about this is that that is just simply the way to get away with murder. So you get everybody that won't necessarily be held accountable for doing this, and you get them to do something flatly evil. And of course, you say, well, flatly evil in what way? Well, in this way, uh, because the FBI also colluded with social media, calling the story Russian disinformation. And the files that were given to Matt Taibbi and the revelation of those things show us very clearly that the FBI knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was not Russian disinformation, but that was merely a arm-twisting tactic to try to get Twitter to do the bidding of the federal government. So we learned that. Um, and so this idea that this was Russian, Russian disinformation um, was just simply a ploy, much like the ploy of um, the COVID vaccine when it was originally released. And we were told that, of course, it would mitigate transmission. Um, so now we know that that was also a lie from the government. So what can we know about this story based upon what Matt Taibbi showed us? Um, so should we overturn the 2020 election as Donald Trump wanted to suggest on social media? I think the answer to that is obviously no. But, um, but the other answer is, I think, also this, that the censorious left cannot be believed, and you shouldn't listen to them, especially those places in, and people in positions of power. We'll get to kind of those uh, institutions in a moment, uh, but Yoel Roth, who was the person responsible for suppressing this story along with um, Vijaya Gatti, uh, who was the, the woman that accompanied Jack Dorsey on the Joe Rogan program. Uh, Yoel and, the, and Vijaya were the two who were responsible for kind of suppressing the information from this Hunter Biden story. And he was just recently on a podcast with Kara Swisher. And he had this to say on Twitter about his decision to unilaterally suppress this Hunter Biden story. So here's what he said. If there's one takeaway, it's this. What matters most in platform governance is how decisions get made. You can armchair quarterback specific choices and mistakes all day long. I, look, before we go any further, I got to say this. Is, is this really armchair quarterbacking? I mean, this was a, a huge decision that was clearly made for political purposes. And uh, so what people are doing when they are questioning your decision making, Yoel, is they are calling you the hypocrite that you actually are. Now, you may not like that, and your way to get away with that is to say, well, you're just, you can question every decision. Well, we're not questioning every decision. We're questioning this decision, because he goes on to say this. You can armchair, armchair quarterback specific choices and mistakes all day, but the real work is figuring out how to make principled decisions when all you have are bad options. Well, the problem with that is a couple of things. First of all, you didn't have just bad options. What you had was the option of getting your nose out of other people's business and allowing free speech to uh, to work as it was supposed to on Twitter or to make yourself the moral arbiter of all truth and to suppress this story. Now, I understand free speech is such a damning proposition to people like Yoel that that is considered a bad option. But it's actually not that bad of an option. You could have excused yourself from the process altogether and allowed people to make up their mind for themselves. But of course, you cannot do that if 
You want to control the narrative. And that's the whole question at the end of the day. Uh, For me, as we look at this story, when we walk away from this, the only question I have is this. Are you still going to allow other people to create a narrative that then you believe? Are you going to allow the institutions of our society to create a reality? And then are you going to walk lockstep with that reality? Again, we learned this with COVID, I hope. And, and I hope we're seeing it yet again. Not just that we cannot trust our institutions, which I think unfortunately is, a, is, an, is an unfortunate reality at this point in time, but also that we don't need to let other people do our thinking for us. Not only can you not trust your institutions, but you are going to have to figure out how to make up your mind and decide for yourself and to think for yourself in a society that wishes to suppress information from you on a regular basis. This is why common sense is incredibly necessary. And this is why a little bit of humility is necessary. I think humility in this situation would understand that people make decisions for selfish gain all the time. People have the tendency towards sinful decision making. Now, I know as we extricate God from our mainstream conversation over and over and over again. We're constantly reminded with the necessity of of bringing God back into the conversation. But for those of you who are still resistant to obvious facts, the point is this, is we can assume fallen nature wherever people are involved. We can assume that whether or not there's good or bad decisions, typically what will happen is somebody in a little position of power like Yoel will make bad decisions because they are totally self-interested. And so the, the only conclusion that we must draw as a result of that is that we cannot allow these people to do our thinking for us anymore. That includes the media. That includes our political class. That includes our oligarchs on social media. And that also, unfortunately, includes people in the academy. I didn't mention this at the top, but the, the students who are part of the SDS, the uh, Society for... Uh, Democrat or students were a democratic society that eventually became the radical uh, wing of the weather underground. The people who were involved in those protests and in those bombings back in the late 60s and the 70s to the mid 70s, early 70s to mid 70s, those individuals either did one of two things. They either went to jail for the rest of their life or they eventually were uh, let out of jail and became professors. Now, this happened with Bernadine Dorn, who became a professor at Northwestern, and Bill Ayers, uh, among others, uh, including Mark Rudd. All of these extremely radical people who, even in their adulthood, didn't seem to grow up past their very troubled student um, ideology. These people then became professors who indoctrinated and are indoctrinating the next generation in the university system and and in academies all over the United States. The point is, is that institutions can't be trusted. And because they can't be trusted, you have to think for yourself. And uh, think what you will about this next story, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt what Hillary Clinton is getting for Christmas this year. Because I want to take you to uh, Hillary Clinton speaking with Christina Amanpour on PBS just recently. And um, in this interview, uh, Hillary Clinton says saving unborn babies from abortions is like terrorists killing, raping women. 
So just recently when Hillary Clinton was on with Christina Amanpour, who is a quote-unquote journalist, uh, they talk about a myriad of different things. Ukraine comes up and uh, they get to talking about women's rights because, of course, there is nobody better to talk about women's rights other than the one, the only, the most authentic, great dancing. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. And in the interview, Amanpour asked Clinton about the, quote, unfinished business, end quote, of women's rights. And Hillary knew exactly which countries to bash. Uh, she said this, but we also in a period of time where there is a lot of pushback and much of the progress that has been, I think, taken for granted by too many people is under attack. Clinton continued to pontificate by saying literally under attack in places like Iran or Afghanistan or Ukraine, where rape is a tactic of war. So, so you see there, um, women's rights are under attack in places where rape is a tactic of war. Okay, so got that point. Here's the next brilliant point. Or under attacks by political and cultural forces in a country like our own when it comes to women's health care and bodily autonomy. So you see, if you are pro-life, then you are essentially just like these individuals in other countries who wish to use rape as a tactic of war. You wish to rape the bodies of women by forcing them to have the children that they volitionally chose to create with unprotected sex. Now, um, so if you don't know what Hillary's getting for, for Christmas this year, I'm, I'm just going to have to spoil it for you right off the bat. But she's, she's getting coal. So you get nothing. Um, because, point in fact, people who are pro-life aren't raping women. Now, I know this is extremely hard to apprehend um, and, and to comprehend. So I'll take this slowly. A person who rapes a woman is forcing a woman to have sex with them. So that's rape. Now, a person who says that you should not murder a baby is different in that they're trying to keep a baby from being murdered in the womb. See the difference? So all goes back to the point of common sense and autocorrective mechanisms, and outside of humility, we don't know how to see things the way we should, and we blindly say very foolish things without the help of, of common sense. Perhaps Hillary could benefit from a soul this Christmas along with her coal. And we'll finally dig into one last story here. Speaking of soullessness, we're going to look at Balenciaga one last time because there's been quite an interesting uproar. Now, when I first spoke about this story last week, and you guys can go back and check out the episode that's in the description of this podcast to see that, um, I, I didn't know uh, about the story that I'm going to share with you guys today, but uh, I did make mention of the fact that one thing we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Balenciaga is playing innocent. They knew exactly uh, what was being approved, and they are at least not ignorant of what took place because they did have to approve every single one of these photos and every single one of these posts before they ever went out. That's how these organizations work. The extent to which they knew what was in them is still debatable. We may never know, but 
we know for a fact that they saw the BDSM teddy bears and the and the children holding them. Uh, so there's there's certainly no um, innocence for Balenciaga here in in the story. Um, and and this is important because what has happened as a result of the outrage um, from this Balenciaga story is that both sides of the aisle, seemingly very liberal people to also very conservative people, seem to be able to unanimously agree about the disgusting nature of what Balenciaga has has been doing. Uh, so this is interesting to me. Anytime we can get over the polarization that's so common today and actually and actually agree upon something across the aisle. And that seems to have happened with this Balenciaga story. So people are outraged across the board. Now, if you weren't outraged enough by the pictures of these small children, three and four years old, maybe holding BDSM teddy bears with bondage gear on, um, and the release of photos where in the background of those photos, there's court documents from people who were trying to legalize child pornography. Uh, If all of that didn't convince you that there is a group of disgusting individuals that exist in in Hollywood and beyond and operate in corporate spaces like Balenciaga, maybe this will will do it for you. Because my friend Seth Gruber just recently posted this and has been kind of Uh, showing this around social media, and I think it's worth your attention. So as you can see in the picture that's on the screen, we have uh, another picture of a young child that's posing with Balenciaga gear. And on the floor, you can see some caution tape, yellow tape that says Balenciaga on it, but only it's spelled differently. It's spelled B-A-A-L for bail, and then E-N-C-I A-G-A. Now, the reason this is important is you might think that this is a typo, but again, Balenciaga has a keen eye for these kind of things, and this was absolutely intentional because what you see on that caution tape is is a reference to a false god in the Old Testament. So more and more people are seeing things like this and what Balenciaga is up to in getting rid of all their Balenciaga stuff. Now, I'm glad of that because what that means is that we no longer can claim to be naive about what's going on in the world. There is a group of sick people who want to send messages to your kids and, frankly, to you that things like bail is king and child pornography is acceptable. This is, this is what Balenciaga has been doing for far, far too long unchecked. And people are waking up to it. And all over social media, we see people throwing away all of their Balenciaga stuff as if they ever should have bought it in the first place. But here's what I want to want to caution us all towards. If we can no longer be naive, we realize that these issues are happening right under our nose, then, then we need to not just boycott, uh, throw things away, or not purchase things from Balenciaga ever again. We need to also be interested in boycotts. And by that, I mean simply this, that we need to be interested in supporting the businesses that are actually standing on good values. If we can no longer be naive about the existence of these kind of things out there in the ether, then we need to be smart with our money and use it where it is best suited. By, by placing it into things not like Disney and not like Balenciaga, not, not places that are trying to over-sexualize our children. And by the way, not even in public school system. You need to invest your money in your kids in other ways, with private schools and with other organizations that are not left-leaning libtards. And for that reason, I'm kind of almost glad that we can no longer trust our institutions. And I'm talking about social media, I'm talking about our political class and places like Balenciaga. 
it forces us to think for ourselves. It forces us to realize our limitations and to look at alternate sources of information. It forces us in the position of humility, as I said at the beginning of the show. I may not be able to convince you that the place for that is God in his word, but I can tell you that it is. That is why I don't shy away from Christian arguments on this show when other conservative outlets say, well, you don't have to bring up the Bible for this. Well, I, I think eventually we do. I think eventually we do have to bring God in the conversation and we have to give people alternatives because if we're not, we're just merely fighting against something but never standing for something. So how long will we continue to see evil and avoid the prescription to overcome that evil? While we avoid God and his word, we're throwing away expensive Balenciaga stuff and failing to be outraged over the fact that no one other than Jeffrey Epstein and his accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, have gone down for this high-end pedophile ring that abused small children. Who knows how many? All I'm suggesting is that if we can't find outrage for that, it could be that we have selective outrage because we have no real standard by which to judge the world anymore. Far be it for me to suggest anything other than that outrage is good. Bring it on. The more, the merrier, especially where it is needed. But as much as we wake up to the realization of evil around us, we must wake up to the realization of a solution. We must wake up to the realization of the good. And as long as we throw Balenciaga away, but not the evil in our own heart, We'll continue to create a world where our kids are less safe and less safe than when we were kids. And I, for one, don't want that for my kids. So while you're throwing away your nasty Balenciaga stuff, think about where you're going to church this Sunday as well. And then while you're at it, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And, oh yeah, go with God. Thanks so much for watching. We'll catch you next time.